0: Solutions broadcasting from the pods moving in storage studio. It's the Ramsey Show where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life, your marriage, your money, your work, everything. Whatever's going on in your life, give us a shout at 888 825 5225. I'm John Deloney, joined here by best selling author and good friend Rachel Cruz. And we're taking your calls on just about everything that's going on in your life. We have a packed audience out here today. It's good to see everybody. And by packed, there's like 12 people and most of them are the child's family, so that makes my heart feel good, nice and warm. It's good to see everybody. Um, All right, let's go to Sarah in Pensacola, Florida. What Let's see here. What's up, up, Sarah?
1: Hey, thanks so much for taking my call. I'm really excited to talk to you guys today.
0: Thank you so much. Um, What's up? So
1: My my question revolves around a parent needing financial assistance, um, but there's also some emotional and psychological stuff going on as well, so how do my husband and I generously care for my parents and help them financially as the Bible commands while also not supporting or playing into a lack of planning and action on their part to improve their situation?
2: Okay, Sarah, tell me a little bit more about their sure. situation. Are they are they are they are they really struggling or they're just making different decisions than what you would make?
1: Both. So <laughs> both definitely. Yeah. Um I'm going to try to keep it real big picture here. So um, they are on a fixed income um, and don't have like any savings in place. Um, But there's definitely some things that they've done over the years to put them in that position. Okay. Um, Whereas my husband and I, we are the opposite. We are big planners. Um, We've followed the Ramsey plan, paid our house off last year. We're debt free. Um, So it's kind of Battling approaches to finances. Um, and so over the years, we've tried to help in different ways, but now uh, my parent is in a situation where they are um, more frequently asking for financial assistance for things.
2: Okay, so they're um, coming example, to you guys and
1: asking yes, for money, okay? Some, right, and it's increasing in quantity and um, amount. And so I really want to help them, and I want to honor them. Um, honor, and I know that the Bible commands for us to do that, but I yeah, also want to be an open uh, bank account. <laughs>
0: yeah, Sarah, honor does not mean you give somebody whatever they want whenever they want it. That's not what honoring right. means. In fact, sometimes the best way I can honor my kids is to say no when they want to go get donuts again. Right? Right. And to say no because now I'm in a position to um, – love you and honor you enough that i won't participate in you hurting yourself further and like my kids will do they'll kick and scream and be upset and like our aging parents can do sometimes they can get all upset and and that's they are welcome to to do that i'm not going to hold that in my soul um but i'm going to sit down and say here's here is if i'm going to give you money here is um it's my money, so I have a choice. My wife and I, my husband and I have a choice on how we're going to spend our money, and so here's the stipulations for our money. And If you don't want the stipulations, that is fantastic. You're grown ups, but that's the only way this money leaves us. And you said no. you tried to help them over the years. I think it's important. This is hard. Um, it, it, parents, you, you can only help your parents if they ask for it. When kids yeah. start trying to like tell their parents what they should be doing with any, any number of things. It never works out. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want my kid. The other day, my son was telling me how to do something. And I finally just stopped and said, I'm old. I know how to do this. Like I'm an old man. I know how to, and he was like, well, you know, and I was like, trust me, dude, I know. And so anyway, um, I think you need to be invited into the advice conversation. So have you sat down and said, um, we are scared for what comes next for y'all. What is the plan? Have y'all had that conversation?
1: Multiple times.
0: Okay. <laughs> and what's the response? Eh, we don't need nothing.
1: Um, most recently, I think we've gotten to the point where they're very open about their approach and we are open on our approach and we came to a verbal agreement that we needed to find a middle ground here because staying on our opposite sides was not, working
0: i oh, oh Wait, hold, um, on, hold on go ahead Sarah. well no
2: i was gonna say i don't t- tell me what do you mean we need to find a middle ground can you not just believe what you believe and they believe why what's the what's the middle ground is it because conversation was getting heated with conflicts? Um, or was it
1: what what was no, that uh, they get very emotional kind of just start breaking down and then we can't continue the conversation so
0: but that my, th- that's it, a choice that they are making that's a right. manipulation that's a way to get you to do things and right. a middle so ground you don't you don't need to come to a middle ground when it comes to bending on your values and what you think is important and what you and your husband have put forth as the way we're going to handle money there's not a middle ground there there is a here is our if you would like our money Here's our values. And if y'all want to kick and scream and yell and get upset, you are welcome to do that. You can't do it in our home because we don't talk like that with each other, but you're welcome to not answer our phone calls and be mad and think we're terrible kids. We love you too much.
1: Yeah, it's very hard to set those boundaries. It is,
0: it is. (laughs) And that's where all of this right now, all of your focus is, how do I deal with them? Rachel, I, I want to shift it to you, Sarah. How do you and your husband make peace with, these are our values. How do you and your husband make peace with when mom and dad get mad, throw a temper tantrum, tell us we're the worst kids ever, what do we do? How do we circle around each other and move forward? And
2: what's hard, Sarah, though, is every person, right? Especially when you're dealing with your parent, you resort back, Sarah, to that six-year-old girl, right? Instantly. You go back to who you were because it's that relationship. It's your parents and you, and you have to be grown up, Sarah, in that situation. You have to look at yourself and say, I have to take care of that little girl that's there that is scared of her parents and kind of is like, oof. But you also have to be able to say, okay, I'm a grown adult and my husband and I have created a family. We have done this. And there's a confidence there, Sarah, that you guys have, you've literally done the steps. You've done it. You've gotten the results you've wanted. And that's enough to stand on to be able to say, hey, this is our values and this is what we believe. But that's what's so hard about the parent-child relationship, I think, is because we can resort back to like, oh, our bodies go there, it's right? that, yeah.
0: And Sarah, ha- Let me tell you this, it's unfair to put a kid in a position to be responsible for the emotional regulation of the adults in their their world. And so if you grew up in a house where you had to make sure dad didn't get too mad or you had to make sure mom doesn't cry because now we're all going to go down, I'm sorry that they put you in that position. That wasn't fair. You were a kid and that was too heavy of a burden for you to carry. It wasn't your job. It was the adult's job to not throw temper tantrums to not get upset to be able to emotionally regulate themselves and it sounds like that is carried over into your adult life and i want to tell you now as an adult that's not your job your job is to treat them with dignity and with respect and with kindness and not participate in them further hurting themselves and setting
2: boundaries is not dishonoring your parents Uh, absolutely not change the language of that because that's just not true
0: that's right and and I'll, i'll repeat that honoring somebody does not mean you give them whatever they want whenever they want so parents are like you need to honor your parents and give me that's not how that works that's not what the word honor means honor means i will love you even when it's hard and it's hard to say no your parent your parents are lucky to have you sarah um you and your husband need to get away get some firm values and some firm boundaries and then start practicing setting them forward we'll be right back on the ramsey show
3: With more frequency than you know, I get calls and emails from people dealing with the recent loss of a spouse or a parent. You can hear the struggle and the heartache they've been experiencing. And at a time they should be grieving, what breaks my heart the most is the strain and tension they're going through because of money, especially when it's a situation that could have been avoided. If you have a family, it is your responsibility to have term life insurance. It is one of the things you do to show you care. And yes, this is an ad for Xander Insurance. But since this is one of the most effective ways I have to get my point across, so be it. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Listen, you need to check out Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. I can't say it enough. Protect your family. It's what you're supposed to do. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Eighty two.
0: This is the Ramsey Show. Give us a shot at Triple Eight, eight, two, five, five, two, two, five. I'm John Deloney, joined here by Rachel Cruz. Best-selling author, one of the greatest people who's ever lived. Let's go out to Taylor in Fort Wayne, Indiana. What's up, Taylor?
4: Hello, guys. How are you?
0: Awesome. How are you?
4: Oh, doing great. Just money stuff, you know. <laughs> Just <laughs> money like, stuff. What's up? <laughs> yeah. So I'm a baby step number 2 um, All of that debt that I have is solely student loans, and I'm currently in the grace period of the student loans. So I think
0: it should be called the Disgrace question-
4: Period. Whoa. Yeah, honestly. Is that what we should call <laughs> That's it? That's fair. That's fair. Taylor. Yeah. How much do you owe? Um, So, I've been working on it. I started with 94. I'm down to 84,000. So, nice. I'm working really
2: hard. Yes. But
4: um, my question is if the most effective way to tackle this grace period. So um, these past few months, I've been tackling it as if I'm in repayment. So I'm making those projected minimum monthly payments on all of them and then tackling, um, you know, my target. But I'm wondering, since there is that flexibility in the grace period, should I be taking that, like, extra $800 and just absolutely annihilating my target or just keep with the past? Of the minimum monthly payments, and then throwing the extra at my target.
0: What's your target?
4: Well, you know, like the store. Rachel, when you say the word target
0: to Rachel, her heart starts beating faster.
4: Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, no, I just meant like you know the one, uh, the smallest loan. Like working the snowball right now is what I'm doing, and the one that is like getting all the extra um, money thrown at it at that time is what I'm referring to as my target. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. So how many, so your student loan out of the 84, how many separate loans are there? Oh gosh. Well, then you break
4: it down between federal and private. So I, I'm using the federal um, stuff going on right now to my advantage. I'm just, I'm putting on the back burner because it's got that 0% interest right now. So my private loans are getting all my financial attention right now. Um, So I've been focusing on them, and I am down to
2: I'm down to six of them. Six private loans, and then how many federal? Yeah. Is it just the one? Just a lot of little guys. Yeah, like one, two, three, four, five, six,
4: seven, like nine little ones, like one to two thousand. But they're all they're all like four percent, and when they do come back and start, you know, adding up or whatever. But since they are at zero percent right now, I've decided to focus on like my ten to thirteen percent interest loans yeah i'm still
2: working the snowball with in my private if that makes sense no it does no it it absolutely does so i i understand i understand what you're saying um Mm -hmm. i would look at two things taylor number one i student loans is the one type of debt we're okay with you consolidating and it feels like you're there's a lot to keep up with here i mean you're making i mean 15 different payments a month to continue you know the minimum i mean like there's a lot going on so i would look to see is there a way um you know, again, look at the option and see, okay, if I consolidated some of these into a lower interest rate that may just make it more simplistic through it, but I still tailor, even though private versus public and I hear what you're saying about the interest rate, I would still be knocking out those smaller ones because you said there's like one that's a thousand dollars here or there. I'm like, just go ahead and get those out of the way and get that momentum going um, as you continue to pay the minimum payments on everything else. How much do you make a year? Um, about fifty. Okay. How old are you? 50,000. 24. 24, okay.
0: What do you do for a living?
2: Uh, I'm a speech therapist.
0: Oh, way to go. Good
2: for you. Um, And that's a great job, Taylor, to do private uh, sessions with kids and, you know, do other things. I would, I, if I were you, I would be making extra income using your degree, because mm-hmm. you can make a lot doing some stuff, you know, maybe a few nights a week. Right. Um, and up that 50, because it'll take a while to knock out that 84 with just making the 50. So I mm-hmm. I commend you on you know, you've, you've knocked out 10, which is incredible. And you're doing exactly what in a sense what you should be doing. And I hear, um, you know, you're organized, you're doing this, you're excited about it. There's there's definitely that enthusiasm that I can hear Uh, in your voice, but I would still pay off that smallest interest rate and I would be working extra, get that 50 up for a period of time and, and knock this out. Okay. So
4: still just make them just act as if it's in repayment, essentially just make all the minimums and kind of keep doing what I'm doing. Okay.
0: Like the old school, Uh, like the, the baby steps as they're intended, the snowball, like put all 15 of those loans in order of smallest to, to largest. And regardless of private just put a piece of tape over their interest interest uh the in, like what the interest you're paying on them and every financial fancy pants listening to this and every Instagram influencer is like it's so stupid bro you're just leaving money on the end this isn't a money game this is a psychology game and i would love for you to look up in 5 months and have 4 to 6 of those loans knocked out and You think you're getting ahead because you're paying 13% against 5%. And that feels right mathematically. Actually, it is right mathematically. Okay. You're right on the math, but we've just done this so long. The psychology doesn't work. You get tired and then you're going to need a new car and then you're going to need Right. And so you're just going to run into stuff and just, just hit the gas pedal on these things. And Rachel said, she's dead on Man, Get another job, get two jobs, work extra. Let's make this a 24 month project and just be done forever. Be 26 and not owe anybody anything.
4: For
0: sure. Is that cool? That is cool. Yep.
2: Thank you, guys. You're doing great, awesome. Taylor.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being a speech path too. That's a tough, tough gig. All right. Let's go to uh, Logan in Hartford, Connecticut. What's up, Logan? Logan. Logan. Are you there, brother? Nope. All right. Let's go on to let's go to Laura in Raleigh. What's up, Laura? Guys, be quiet. Hey, Laura, Hey,
5: how are you today? Well, hey, can you
0: hear me? I, I'm not going to be quiet.
2: <laughs> that can was a mom. That was a mom move. And <laughs> I so a total mom I move. appreciate that. Me. I appreciate that so much. I've heard the, those words. <laughs> I said that eight times today.
5: You already. be quiet
0: <laughs> my whole life. Yeah. So what's up?
2: Well, I have four boys.
5: And so there's very little of that quiet in my house. You're doing Listen, great. You did it without
0: swear words. That's incredible. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. So uh, how can we help?
5: Okay, so I need your help because I do not know how to budget my money. Um, My husband has done a great job of providing for our family. He worked at a wonderful job for 10 years and was let go in 2018. And since then, he has been working on a project where he wants to develop a golf aid for golfers. And so he's been working on that. Can I have, can I interject uh, here? Yeah.
0: So he got let go <laughs> in 2018, and he's had yeah. a, a big idea for
5: uh, uh, five, years. five
0: years and has made no money yeah. and probably put y'all in a yes. hole.
5: Yes. Yeah. So, well, no, we're not in a hole yet, but that's why I'm calling <laughs> to <laughs> prevent getting, that. Getting close. Um, okay. Yeah. So he, like I said, we had we had quite a bit of money in savings, and we've been living off of that. Oh yeah. Um, he has successfully started a company before, and it's a wonderful company. Y'all have probably heard of it, <laughs> um, but I won't mention it. But anyway, um, he's trying to do it again, and we have about eighty thousand dollars left. And he, I every time I ask him, I'm like, "Can you?" He's, I'm the spender, he's the saver, and so when we have financial discussions, it usually goes something like this. Laura, you need to stop spending money, and I'm like, well, I can't because we have a family. So give me a budget. He's like, well, just don't spend money where we don't need to. And I
0: have I you just said. With how that. about you make some?
5: <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, you, you no, should. You
5: should say I that. Really,
0: it's so been five years, I, Laura.
5: We, I know. I know. We did have we did have a financial conversation two weeks ago, and they told him. If by June this hasn't taken off, then I want you to get a job or I want to sell our home. So we have, um, (laughs) we bought our house back in 20...
0: Okay. Hey, hey, Laura, do this. This is is too important of a call because too many people are experiencing this across the country. So I'm going to hold you over through the break, hang on the line here, and then we're going to bring you back. And Rachel and I are going to dig into this with you because there's a lot here. This is bigger than a money conversation. This has to do with you being terrified that your husband's gonna continue this. So hang on the line here. We'll be right back, right here on The Ramsey Show. Triple eight, eight, two, five, five, two, two, five. This is the Ramsey show. I'm John Deloney joined here by Rachel Cruz. And we are taking your calls on money and life and marriage, whatever's going on. Triple eight, eight, two, five, five, two, two, five. And we're going to go back to Laura in Raleigh, North Carolina. Laura, are you there? Yeah. Hey. All right. So I'm going to run back through your, um, what's going on and we can start yeah. here and let me know if I'm missing something. Um, okay. you and your, your husband had a great job. Things were awesome y'all were cruising along and then he got laid off in 2018 and he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. He's built a really successful business before. And he had another great idea to help golfers. Um, and I think golfers need a lot of help, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> and so he decided yeah. he's going to help golfers. And then we look up and it's 2023. The businesses not yeah. making money. Y'all have basically set fire to your savings. And now there's yeah. starting to be some, the, 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 there's some tension in the home.
5: Pressure. Yeah. We are getting canned. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And so the conversations yeah. are turning into, Hey, you need to quit spending money. Him to you. Right. Yeah. And yeah.
2: you'll have 80 grand left. Yeah. What does he, what does he bring in a year? Uh, so nothing, Zero um, literally nothing, yeah. it's literally nothing. nothing since 20. So he
5: got a large severance package and that was, 2018 2019 and then um nothing since then nothing nothing mm. nothing so we had a large large savings and we have no debt aside from our mortgage
2: what um, shows living expenses laura if you if you said okay
5: you know mm-hmm. we spend
2: how much a year if you yeah. if you could estimate a year oh gosh <laughs> probably 120 maybe under 100, like i
5: yeah This is, this is embarrassing because I am the spender and I'm just like, I don't know how much I spend because if we need it, I buy it. Um, and that, yeah. Yeah. And that's how you guys
2: have been functioning. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: I, right. right before we went to the break, I said, this isn't a money issue. There's something way deeper here. Um, I'm going to be super honest. Okay. Is that cool? I'm worried Um. about the future of (laughs) y'all's. I'm worried about the future of y'all's marriage. Here's why I think that if you were to be really honest with yourself, you're losing respect for your husband, or it's going to start rolling into from frustration to I'm just going to live my life. And he'll tell me to, you're going to end up in resentment and relational resentment is really tough to come back from. That's the ash. And he, on the other hand is going to wrap himself up in shame. His thing's not working. He's got another deal. And then maybe another deal. I just need this one thing to come through and all of a sudden he looks up and it's been five years and he's going to tighten the control up and that's going to come out on you. And he's going to resent his crazy spinning wife who just doesn't understand. He just needs one more break. in. you see what I'm saying? And y'all start living separate lives in the same home. And I've said it, you end up two inches apart, but 2000 miles away from each other. And that's a recipe for a whole lot of issues. Is that fair?
5: No, no, and I've listened to your story before mm-hmm. and um I've listened to your radio show before. And there have been many times where I've been like, Yep, that's us. Yeah. Yep, that's mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um and so I am I I am trying though. And so
0: Absolutely, um, absolutely I
5: did I well, I I did put boundaries in place. I may need to adjust those boundaries. He um, is—he did acquiesce to my boundary of getting a job by June, Um, but I think my my main question is like, where do we go from here? We have this house. We have about four hundred fifteen, approximately, because I don't know how much it would sell for if we could sell it. But we have four hundred fifteen in equity in the house we
0: own but it's not it's not a house problem. you're trying to solve the math problem yeah Yeah.
2: it's not a house problem it's an it's an income problem i mean that's what it is and so the house isn't the thing that that is you know out of whack i mean obviously you guys have a mortgage and so you're like oh i have to actually pay the mortgage and we don't have you know the money is coming out of savings and so you know on a tactical level laura not just the relational because that's kind of what john was hitting on on a tactical level i'm going to give you uh Financial Peace University for a year and every dollar. And I want you guys to sit down together and I think actually seeing numbers and go back and pull grocery numbers from the last three months, restaurants, like everything you spend money on, because there is this level of, I don't really know. And that fear starts to magnify when you don't have logic. John always says, facts are your friends. So I think just even just for today, just a practical step when it comes to the money piece is for you. And I would say you to do it, um, to do the budget first, and then you guys sit yeah. down and look at it. But I think that's going to give you a guiding post because you're gonna be able to say, okay, we spend uh, $10,000. We need $10,000 a month to keep our lifestyle without dipping into savings. How do we solve that problem, right? You can tactically start, you know, hitting that, which is going to give you a level of peace because you are terrified, right? I mean and anyone would, Laura. I mean you watch, you've watched savings dwindle for the, for, you. Yeah. for the last 5 years. So so you're not crazy. You're not you're not this like, oh, I'm over the top dramatic. No. You, this is this is real life. You have four boys. You know, you you're a mom and you're looking at grocery bills and all of it and so you're and you've been doing that on your own as well, which is what it sounds yeah. like. And so he needs to see the numbers realistically of of what is going on because this whole idea of oh, you just can't, you know, just stop spending and you're like no, literally there's like a sports fee for him to play. So like I, I have to pay that. Like, like there are things that I. Costco's. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. Like there are yeah. actual things yeah. that I have to spend. And I want him to see these numbers because you've been on an island, Laura, in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. <laughs> emotionally, yeah. lots of ways, but financially you have been. And so I want to bring him in uh, to that conversation and you guys start. And I want you guys to go through Financial Peace University together. I think it's just a great springboard it's getting you on yeah. the same page when it comes to the money piece and what's wild. And I don't know which comes first, the chicken or the egg, John, but we hear people all the time say, gosh, we started working together with our money and suddenly our marriage improved. Right. For some people, yeah. they're like, no, we needed our marriage to improve and then we worked on the money together, right? I, I, I don't right, know yeah. which one's first. I don't even know if there's a truth. It's kind of like that chicken or egg thing. Um, yeah. But they both are so deeply intertwined. Um, yeah. So
0: let me tell you how to, I would enter this conversation if I'm you, Laura. I, is this is, I would put the, you have to get a job by June. That is a tactic that comes later. The first conversation is sitting down and saying, we need to have a hard conversation. And you look at him and say, I'm scared to death and I can't breathe.
5: I think the problem is that I'm not scared because (laughs) I know, I know that's going to sound crazy. I grew up without a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, it would not be the worst thing in the world for me i actually think it'd be a little good for our boys to learn less entitlement like our boys live in a big house have a lot of things and they just think that that's how life goes and i'm like no you don't understand like
2: okay those are boundaries laura has. you can put in place as a parent regardless of your financial exactly. situation yeah. it doesn't yeah. need to be don't, out of desperation don't use to your teach boys
0: them. don't use your kids as an excuse to tell your husband you want to move don't do that don't use your kids no. as, as an excuse to tell your husband, I don't respect you anymore because you haven't had a job in five years. And a common trap with entrepreneurs, especially ones that are successful right out of the gate, is they're really good at the thing they did that they sell and it becomes really good and they think that they're good at building businesses. They may have just been really good at plumbing or they may have been really good at selling online whatever. And it doesn't translate all the time and you get stuck like you're spinning your tires in the mud. Right. And so you might not be scared, but you're losing faith in this guy.
5: Yeah. I think that, I think, yeah, John, I think you're right. I, it's more fear for my relationship than it is for the money and the house and all the stuff. I'm like, I want to be
0: You want to be I what? I want to be
5: married. There, be there married. you go. That, hey, in five years. Laura,
0: that's I don't where care you start. That's
6: where you live. I want to be married.
0: That's where you start. Not with you got to get a job, not your lazy bum, and not. It is, I want to be married to you in five years, and I think that the foundation underneath this is cracking underneath our feet. And I love you too much. Hang on the line here. Uh, Rachel, we're going to give you the tools that, that can help keep you guys afloat and put you all on the same page. But you both got to be vulnerable and start there. Okay? Laura, hang on the line, and uh, Jen will get you taken care of. We'll be right back right here on The Ramsey Show. Yo, yo. Hey, if you're a new listener and you want to dive deeper into the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the get started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for your financial journey based on exactly where you are today. Sometimes we're talking through the show and people are like, ah, that's not really my situation. Go to RamseySolutions.com and click on get started and it will it will line up with exactly where you are. RamseySolutions.com. Click get started. All right, let's go to Anthony in Davenport. What's up, Anthony? How are we doing? Hey, John and Rachel, how are you guys doing today? Great.
6: What's happening, brother? How can we help? Hey, so I'm calling to see if my wife and I should pay off our mortgage. Yes. So here's our situation: <laughs> we owe about 160 uh, k on our house, and we have about 115 in a savings account, another 27 in a checking account, and then another about 25 in a joint account that we can pull out and have. Access to it at any time. Um, so I was just calling to see if that, I guess that would be less with about 8K in savings. Um, just calling to see if that's a good move or if we should you know, build up our savings a little bit.
2: Yeah. How much do you guys make a year, Anthony?
6: Um, so last year was about 170K, 170, 175K. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, do you know off the top of your head what your expenses would be three to six months?
6: Oh, yeah, that like eight k would be about close to it'd probably be three or four months, but then we also do have a, a nine month old uh, son at home, so I didn't know if that changes anything.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know i would I, I would lean whenever kids are in the picture, I like to lean the six month rule just to like because you have it, and there's 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 no we want you to pay off your house. But there's no point in draining absolutely everything in order to do it, right? We we want to be wise about it. Um, but if
0: you're getting a check for fourteen thousand dollars, February first or February fifteenth, is that right?
6: Uh, are you talking in, talking like a tax return or no? I I'm, I'm saying like
0: if you make one hundred seventy five grand, your take home's gonna be what about fourteen? No, your take home would be about eleven, right?
6: No, uh, yeah, we're probably be a little bit shy of that this month.
0: Okay, so if you went down to eight thousand, or you just wait till February first or February fifteenth, and you get down to eight, you're going to turn around and get a check for eleven, and you're going to spend two to three to four of that for the month, and you're you're yep. right back up to your four to five to six month emergency fund, right? Okay.
6: Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Okay. So so are you guys are be saying, hey, hang, hang on for a couple wrong would or two, just be on the safe side.
2: I mean, I would probably wait through February 15th, but then yeah, I mean, I would cash out that joint and then take yeah, whatever left of that that 15 during a little bit of the checking and That's
0: that's the thing I would do is I would get rid of the 27, I'd get rid of the 25, I would take the 115 account and probably take 195 out of it and where I had 20 grand left and then wait till that next check comes back in. That's what that's what probably what I would do cuz I I man here's what it feels like at this moment you ever driving down the highway and you really have to go to the bathroom and your body just kind of settles into like that dull ache like I gotta go and then you see a gas station and you exit and then all of a sudden it's like rockets like I gotta go na- you know what I mean like it gets so the urgency right. is so raw um, that's where you are right now. You've got this money, you realize yeah, how close yeah. we are and now it's like, I gotta go, gotta go, gotta go and Rachel's Rachel's call to wisdom is important. We just talked to too many people that pay it all off and then all of a sudden their car explodes next month and they got a nine-month-old and now they're in a mess. Um, yep. it, but I do love the idea of yep. you
2: just s- taking a big chunk
0: take this a month massive just for fun. Chunk. Yep. You got yep. 10 grand left on your, on your mortgage and you've got 20,000 bucks in the bank and the next month you get a check for 11 grand and you're debt free. Okay, that makes sense. That's, That's awesome. how I would do it in my house. So. Anthony,
2: well done. Yeah,
0: congratulations, man. That's incredible.
2: Yeah, thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Congratulations. That's so
0: really, great. really, really fantastic. So great. Um, about this time of year, we get flooded with calls because everyone's looking for a fresh start with their money. We saw record um, expenses during Christmas, and now we are seeing record balances on personal credit card accounts. And that leads me to believe, Rachel, that people put things on their credit card not to survive not because inflation things are expensive but to prop up
7: a lifestyle lifestyle. Mm -hmm. this is the way
0: we live this is who we are this is what our christmas looks like and i'm just gonna put on credit cards and now we got hell to pay And so if that's you you can't just wish for things to change and expect it to happen um, you've got to do some different things with your money, and you got to have a plan, and we teach you that plan in Financial Peace University. This is the course that will help you rethink how you manage money. You'll learn our proven plan to beat debt, build wealth, plus you'll have our financial coaches to help you every step of the way, and that's really important. People often say, like, I can't get through on the show, so we we hired financial coaches that will help you. Nearly 10 million people, million people have taken FPU, followed this plan, and changed their lives. You can do it too. And today is the perfect time to start. Right now we're offering FPU. We're we're doing anti-inflation. Um, sixty-nine ninety-nine, but only through the end of the month. That is almost half off. It's super cheap. Sixty-nine ninety-nine for FPU. This year you can have more peace in your finances in your life. Don't wait to do this. Get this limited time offer on FPU at ramseysolutions.com slash deal D E A L. That's Ramseysolutions.com slash. Deal. All right, let's run to Nick in New York City. What's up, Nick? We're right up against the clock, so go as quick as you can. And get to your question. What's up?
7: Hi, uh, my name is Nick. So I'm in the New York area. I'm 24 years old, making $150,000 pre tax. I worked for one of the major tech giants that just laid off about 18,000 people. I'm currently being recruited for a similar role at a large bank uh, for a rough total of about $200,000 compensation. And in short, my question is whether or not I should continue pursuing that role or other roles that are similar, given the current tech economy, as that other company's done 1,100 layoffs. The
2: Which company's done 1,100? You, you said yours did eighteen.
7: Yeah, so my current company has done about 18,000 layoffs. Yeah. And the company that I'm being recruited for has done 1,100. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha.
2: Um, what do you enjoy, Nick? What's your... Uh... You love the banking world? You love the tech world?
7: Um, So they're both technology roles uh, within either, I guess you can call it warehousing or uh, banking. I'm I'm passionate about both. I think my current role is somewhat safe because I own two large platforms. But I also feel like I'm doing the job of about three to four people, which uh, provides some degree of safety, but also makes me feel frequently overworked. Um, And it's kind of one of the reasons I'm looking for a new role as well. So okay. I'm kind of trying to understand whether or not I should give up that feeling of security uh, to pursue new opportunities in general, given the, the landscape as a whole.
0: Well, the, I don't think you're going to have infinite security because the field you are in is being shaken around like a snow globe right now, right? So that's that's the nature of that season right now, right? You're a farmer, and it has been raining for years, and suddenly there's a drought. That's where you are, okay? Mm-hmm. Um if you're telling me that you can make an additional 50 grand in guaranteed salary, stay in the current place where you live, and a, a company did smaller layoffs, but they have their eyes on you, um, I would sit down with that company and say, "Can we sign on three years?" Like, and I would be really open because you're you're negotiating from a period of a, a position of strength, which is. You just laid off 1,800 people. I survived the big 18,000 layoff at my place. They want me there. I'm nervous to come over. I want to be a part of what y'all are doing, but I'm nervous to come over and then just turn around and get laid off right when I right get there. What what guarantees do you have? How safe is the right? So I would just be really direct and open because you can be. Because if they say no, you go, oh man, and then you have a $150,000 job right. you can fall back on. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Thank you. Here's the deal. Don't try to avoid the discomfort right now. You're in a volatile industry right now. I would try to um, utilize your strengths, get as good as you possibly can, seek to get some more credentials. Make yourself bulletproof in this season, right? Because there is a lot of layoffs, but tech's not going away, man. It's not going anywhere. Hey, this has been the first hour of The Ramsey Show. We'll be right back. Give us a shout, 888-825-5225. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to ramseysolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's ramseysolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.